I don't know if it has ever been about the ROI, but more about accomplishing the mission of, of helping businesses grow, because that's, that's what I, I really gets me excited. You're listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast with me, Jason Hunt. The mission with this show is to discuss all things marketing, sales, and mindset. It's my hope for entrepreneurs like you to get the most from your efforts so that you can focus on what you do best. Let's go. The Merged Marketing Podcast is a production of Merged Media. Merged is your one-stop digital shop servicing your search engine optimization, your search engine monetization, and social media marketing. This is episode 106, and today's episode, we're featuring Andy Spleichel. Now, if you're a business owner or entrepreneur and have run your own Google ads without much success you're going to want to listen to today's episode in full as Andy is a Google ads expert and we're going to give you some tips and tricks to get your Google ads ready for 2022. And at this time, I'd also like to wish you all a prosperous 2022 as we approach the new year. Um, I hope you guys have your goals set, your New Year's resolutions, if that's a thing for you, are all ready to go. And I'm excited for the year ahead. We have some great episodes of the podcast that are upcoming, and we're always looking to improve the podcast. So if you have any questions or have any guest recommendations, shoot an email over to podcast at merged.ca. Without further ado, here's my chat with Andy Spleichel. You are listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast. My name's Jason Hunt, and I'm here today with Andy Spleichel. And today we're talking about getting your paid ads ready for 2022. Andy was recently named to the Best of Los Angeles Awards 2021 Fascinating 100 list. That's amazing. He is a founder and managing partner of True Online Presence, author of the Make Each Click Count book series, host of the Make Each Click Count podcast, and founder of the Make Each Click Count University. And today we're gonna to talk a little bit about making those clicks count. Andy, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me today. Awesome, so Andy, first of all, maybe you can tell us a bit about your journey into marketing. How did you get here? Wow, um, you know, my journey started back on internet marketing and e-commerce back in the early 2000s. And so really started from the beginning had a career when it was just a fledgling career, a new career, ended up working for director of marketing for an e-commerce company doing about $10 million at the end. And after 12 years, I decided to launch and, and take those skills and start my own search engine marketing agency back in 2014. Nice, 2014, so it's been going for about seven years now. Have you seen much of a change in the last seven years? Yeah, you know, it, it's always, it's one of those things that's constantly evolving and it's getting more and more crowded. And so knowledge and, and being able to work with a marketing professional you trust is, is keys to success running an e-commerce business. Absolutely. So, I mean, a lot of our, our audience out there, small business owners, uh, entrepreneurs as well, who are not maybe that well-versed in, in Google ads. So maybe it's worth noting some of the big mistakes that some of those small business owners might be making if they don't do those Google ads correctly. You know, there's a couple. First and foremost is you really need to understand the platform. So you have two choices. You either can do it yourself and try to learn the platform 
or you can hire somebody. But either way, if you're hiring a small agency, a large agency, you need to know what you're doing because there is a lot of times you're not going to get the value. And if you don't know what you're talking about, then how do you know if they know what they're talking about? And then conversely, you can try to do it yourself and, and just set up some Google automated ads, but then you're really trusting Google to do it for you. And it's the same thing. You're kind of kind of putting the fox in charge of the hen house, so to speak. But the hens, the hens are your marketing dollars. So it's it's important to know. So so you're against taking the advice from those Google Ads experts that call me. It seems like half a dozen times a day. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know it's funny because I mean, as an agency ourselves, we work with many businesses and we get those calls all the time. It's like, yo, we're good. We do not need your help. We do not need your recommendation on where we should be spending more money. So maybe you can lend some some additional you know credibility to this in, in terms of not really trusting those experts who call you from quote unquote Google. Yeah, I mean, what, what's an expert, right? I mean, their expertise is to try to get you to spend more. And I recently, is kind of a funny story, I recently was looking to hire a VA to do some stuff for me. And the agency based in the Philippines is like, hey, we got a guy for you. We got a guy. Um, this guy has worked for Facebook and for Google. He was based out of the Philippines, out of Manila, and was making five bucks an hour for Google for over a year. And he was one of those experts calling people and trying to advise them on their account. So just because they got Google on the name, it doesn't mean they really know what they're doing as far as best results, at least for you. I think what's important to note is, is even that person that, that is over there giving the instruction or whether it's an agency or a VA that you're hiring overseas, they're not going to understand your target audience on the same level that you are or somebody in your area is. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nobody's going to understand your market like you do. Nobody's going to, at least nobody should understand your customers like you do. And that's really goes into the heart of advertising, not just advertising running Google paid ads. So talking uh, on this topic of, of setting up those Google ads, and I mean, the topic of today's episode really is um, not just obviously making each click count, but the getting your paid ads ready for 2022. Is there a framework that you have or is there a certain process that you deploy to getting those ads ready for a, with a new campaign? Well, I mean, there's a number of, of different types of ads. You got your shopping ads, your search ads, and your display ads. I specialize in working with e-commerce companies, and for them, the majority of ads where they're going to have the most success are going to be properly optimized shopping ads. And so there's a lot of stuff to do. You need to open a Google Merchant account. You need to link it to your Google Ads account. You want to, to link it to your Google Analytics account so you can track it. And it's you know it's a lot of work to get started. So it is, it's daunting, but beginning of the year is a, a great time to get started on it. So, okay, so in terms of getting started, even even just if you're totally green, totally fresh, what's the very first thing somebody needs to do? The first thing you need to do is open a Google Ads account and, and take a look. I mean, you're going to want to figure out some training on it. Um, there's a number of different resources. Google offers some, some great free resources. I've written some books on it. You could buy one of those books. They're available at Amazon or makeeachclickcount.com. And once you got trained, then you need to, to really open it up and, and just kind of dig in and start with a low budget. Make sure you're doing it. You might want to talk to an expert who doesn't work for Google. 
um, and, and make sure you're on the right track that way. Do you, uh, do you, is there any process in place for developing those customer avatars prior to rolling out the ads? Do you give much thought to that? Yeah, I mean, look at if you haven't already, make sure you have Google Analytics and make sure you know where your conversions are, where your conversions are typically coming from, and then you can really kind of customize it. So if you know where your conversions are coming from, then you can kind of work backwards and, and figure out your avatar that way on who hangs out there. Um, and if you've been selling stuff for a while, I mean, you should know, right? Who, who you've been talking to, who's been buying it. But with shopping, you don't have to know Google shopping. You don't have to know quite as much the avatar as you do with Facebook ads because you're not selecting the audience. Instead, you're using keywords and negative keywords to stop searches and really concentrate on the keywords more than the avatar. The avatar is going to be better for a conversion rate on your website or Facebook ads, but not quite as much unless you're running display ads with Google. That's interesting. So there's not much, not as much emphasis as there would be with Facebook ads in understanding that audience that's seeing the ad because there's high intent, right? Somebody's typing that's in, right. you know, a solution to an issue to a problem, and, and you have the solution on the other side of that click. Um, so not much effort is needed to be spent on developing that avatar. But you bring up a good point, Andy, and that's uh, you know something that probably a lot of our audience doesn't consider, and that's those negative keywords. Yeah, you know, if I was going to do one thing or tell somebody one thing to be successful. With your Google Ads, it's going to be focused on blocking keywords through negative keywords more than it is anything else. Because Google is going to send you as much traffic as possible because that makes them the most money as possible. And if somebody clicks on your ad and it automatically bounces, hits the back button, it doesn't matter. It costs you the same amount. So you want to make sure that every click you get has the best chance to succeed for your goal, whether that be a conversion or or a phone call if you're a professional service, some sort of action on your website. Can you give an example in e-commerce where you've deployed these negative keywords? Oh, I mean, every single account we manage in-house has, I mean, tons of negative keywords. And so you're going to just look through the search terms report. You know, it's, it's a constant battle because the words are always coming in. And so you can go, I mean, you know, one example that I add when I first open an account, and I call it my whodunit list, and so I'll use negative phrase match for how to, what, could I, could you, those type of words, because if anybody's searching that for an e-commerce product, they're not ready to buy. So they're going to be a lot um, different piece of higher in the funnel than you want. So I mean, think, if you're selling, I don't know, auto parts, how could I build an auto part? Or how could, I mean, you got those words, they're not going to buy. And so those are, are where I start with. And then other than that, I mean, I'm just adding based on historical data on an account. Would you ever use those, those, those can I questions as a part of the funnel using Google ads? So maybe you just want to increase the level of awareness and you want to drive people to a certain video or a certain blog post. Do you do that much on the e-commerce side and then set that up for retargeting later on? You know, you can, but it really goes on to what are your goals as an advertiser and as a small business. I mean, typically small businesses and the ones that I work don't have the budget to be working on brand awareness. What they want is a positive return on their investment. And if you're going to do that, you're going to stay away from the display ads unless you're doing like some remarketing. And you're really going to concentrate on the shopping ads, maybe some branded search or some search for some some 
higher converted pages on your website, but you're not really going to spend a lot of time on brand awareness. What businesses do you find are seeing the most success with Google ads as we crack into 2022? You know, I don't know if there's a, a vertical that's the most successful. I would more say if you have a website that is converting well, then you should see success. And if there's a, you know, a good number of searches for it are, are the two formulas. Because you can play around. If you got the conversion rate and it's not a, I mean, sure, you could get into a converting well, even, you know, if it's a T-shirt, it's a smaller price item. You know, but if you're converting well, I mean, that goes everything, right? So, I mean, that that's really the core function. Real quick, guys. Are your messages on social media falling on deaf ears? Are you having trouble converting those leads from social media? Well, there's a better way to do it. And that is by use of a lead magnet, something that provides immense value to your target audience that's irresistible and they can't say no. The goal here is to get that contact information from your ideal clients off of social media so you can put them into a nurture sequence so they can know, like, and trust you. If this sounds of interest to you, We've done dozens and dozens and dozens of these type of campaigns for our clients, and we can help you out as well. Head on over to merged.ca and book your discovery call today. M-E-R-G-E-D.ca. So we just passed Christmas. The Christmas rush is now complete, and now we're breaking into January. Is this a time where businesses should be scaling up with their Google ads? I mean, it's it's less competition than there was a month ago. I expect click costs are going to be down. What What is your approach and what do you recommend? You know, what's, what's your vertical, right? So it, it just kind of depends. And for fourth quarter, a lot of, I mean, that is the big time for many, many e-commerce clients, but not all of them. So first, know your busy season. You know, I have a guy that sells a private client who sells pond fountains. And pond fountains don't sell at all in Q4, right? Everything's frozen up. So his big time's in June. You know, you got other people you're selling stuff for Valentine's Day. Maybe now is their busy time. But either way, if you haven't been selling on it, I mean, the first of the year is, is a great time to, to get started. So you are ready for the, for the whole year. Is is Facebook ads a big play in, in your strategy in terms of you know leveraging that high intent traffic through Google ads and retargeting it with specific Instagram swipe up ads or, or Facebook ads? Yeah, you know, again, it, it really, I like to, where my private clients tell them to test everything, right? I mean, you never want to be solely reliant on one marketing channel, whether that's Google, whether that's Facebook, whether... You know, who knows, whatever you're using, Pinterest, maybe uh, TikTok even. But you, you want to try many marketing channels to see where the ROI is. I mean, Facebook's great because you can direct the audience. And e-commerce, I mean, it's, you know, you can put up your products pretty easily now as well and really focus those. But it's a, it's a different beast because those aren't people that are really actively shopping. You're interrupting them. So it's... It's a different animal, but you know I like to to suggest trying everything. Speaking of ROI, where are you seeing the ROI in terms of uh, comparing the Google platforms like Google Shopping, Google Search, Google Display? Shopping, shopping. You know, it's kind of funny. In let's say 2016, 15, 16, 17, Search made up about 80, 75 to 80 percent of all ads I was running for my clients. Shopping was. 20 25 percent it is completely flipped so i 
probably we spend about 75, 80% at least on budget on shopping, 15%, 20% on search, and 5% on display and retargeting. Why is that? Why do you think that is? You know, search has gotten a lot more expensive and it's it's a different animal. I mean, shopping, when you look at it, you see the product, you see the price, you see the item title, so you know what you're getting. I mean, there's no confusion. A customer sees it either on Google.com or within the shopping tab. They're interested, they click on it. Search ads, you're not taking them to a product page typically. You're going to take them to a um, landing page of some sort, hopefully a category page that has products on it. But so you have another step, and then there's also a confusion, right? As well as you could write an ad, you might not be thinking what that, that browser's looking at, the guy who's browsing it. And so they might click it and not know what they want and click back. Plus, it's going to be more expensive for your search ads because, quite frankly, search ads are easier to set up. So for Google Shopping, for people that are not familiar with the Google, a Google Shopping ad, um, it's similar to Facebook Marketplace, right? Where there's a price, right. there's a product. Um, the element of the creative, is that how important is that with the Google Shopping ad? Well, you know, the creative's different, right? The creative is Google is going to pull the, the title from your data feed going into Merchant Center, your price and everything. So there is no creative. I mean, what you can do is you can um, mess with the title, and that would be where you're creative. But there's limitations on that, too. So you need to, to know the policies on Google. I mean, you can't keyword stuff. You can't say um, X, Y, and Z product. This is great. Click here. I mean, because that won't get approved. So you can, you can change the title. It doesn't have to be the same as your... Uh, website, but there there are rules on it, so it is limited creative. Awesome. How now? How are you, Andy, marketing your own products uh, as we approach twenty twenty two? Where are you investing your marketing budgets? How are you promoting it? Are you using Google Ads? Is Facebook a play? TikTok? Uh, tell us a bit about that. You know, it's ironic. Most of my own marketing is done on Facebook, and that is because I I need the targeting on what they're doing. It's not, nobody is searching for, well, I mean, few people are. I, I also run ads on Amazon for my book for, for people searching for Google Shopping, and then my book will, will show up. So I'm running ads there, but there isn't a lot of searches for that. So what I'm doing is targeting people on Facebook who are running small businesses, small e-commerce businesses, mid-sized e-commerce business, and are looking to get that knowledge and giving them tools they can use typically for free, introduce myself, introduce the university, introduce the podcast, introduce the book series, and, and go from there. Yeah, I think it's a good point. I mean, obviously, you're actively going on podcasts as well, showcasing your area of expertise. And, and that's an important one, too. I think a lot of people kind of, you know, overlook is the opportunity to position yourself as that thought leader on platforms like this, which obviously complements all the efforts that you're making with your Facebook ads, right? Sure. I mean, my goal has always been to help small businesses increase their revenue. And to do that, I try to reach as many people as I can. And so going on podcasts or, or running the Facebook ads isn't so much about selling products. It is about trying to help people. And so, you know, with that is the whole reason I opened the university where I'm bringing in other course creators and really giving them stuff that can train them and where they need to, to focus their marketing budget if they want to grow their business. 
Yeah, you, and you've uh, let's talk a bit about you, Andy, because you got uh, the book series, you know, the podcast, as well as the university. Can you maybe explain each of those and the benefits you've seen from from each of those? Sure. I mean, I, I got a number. So I started with the book. You know, I came out when I started my agency, tried to, and again, it all goes back to the mission is helping as many small businesses as possible. And so I wrote the book um, because I can't take everybody. I have um, a search engine marketing agency where I do take a few private clients, but I'm very selective on who I take. You have to have a budget. You have to have a good conversion rate. Uh, I, I need to believe in your product. So for those I can't take or can't afford to work with me, then I have the book. And so I started with a, a Google really a everything about Google, but that changed a lot. So I came out with a Google shopping book then I, in 2020, then a Google remarketing book in, in 2021. Um, in the meantime, I launched a podcast. I mean, it's a great way to, I'm really good at Google ads, help you with your marketing there, but I mean, there's tons of ways to market. And so I wanted to start the podcast and, and really introduce my gr group of people to different avenues of marketing. And so I launched the podcast in 2020, and that kind of fed off into a lot of these podcast people were experts, and so bringing them in and adding content into the university where it really is hands-on training for people who want to learn more about digital marketing, and, and especially if you're running your own business or if you have, you know, you want to become an expert and, and go get into that career, it's, it's a great place to start. What platform are you using for the university? I'm using a, a company called Kartra. So I, I don't know if you're familiar with that. I'm a big follower of Frank Kern, mm. and he was involved with Kartra for, for a while. And so I, um, yeah, started with Kartra. You kind of look like there's some, there's some similarities between you and Frank Kern. <laughs> Is he some distant relative uh, uh, of no. Andy's Michael? Okay. No, and he probably would be very <laughs> insulted to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> cool that's awesome no i've been i've been following uh frank kern for a while i think he's great um that's good stuff so in terms if you had to compare i mean obviously they're all kind of complimenting each other but the book series the podcast and the university where are you seeing your biggest return you know where where do you start i mean the the books you know you can download them for five bucks um it's more to, to help people and, and really just get them into the world of digital marketing as far as you know I, I get a check for a few hundred bucks every month from Amazon um, so it's it's hard to say that's a huge return with the hours it took to write each mm. um, the university you know I mean that's a, a lot more lucrative but you know I mean I guess the uh, the ROI you know the podcast it's hard to measure I mean it all of it I don't know if it has ever been about the ROI, but more about accomplishing the mission of, of helping businesses grow, because that's that's what I, I really gets me excited. That's uh, that's amazing, and I, I I agree with that as well, Andy. I mean, even this podcast right now. I mean, uh, you know, we're having this conversation, and there's not direct ROI from a podcast. It's really tough to correlate that direct ROI unless you have massive sponsorships happening and you can easily pinpoint okay we got x amount from this advertiser but typically for most podcasts it's not the case but it really is that top of funnel people that are listening to this podcast or watching a piece of it on facebook are going to be in the retargeting audiences and maybe sent over to our blog after and and only after that point once they're familiar with the brand and the name maybe there's going to be a discovery call and that's kind of the way that, that, that I use the podcast. And it sounds like even with the book and yourself, that podcast, it's really helping up as many businesses as possible and really using it as kind of a top of funnel. 
sort of tool, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I think it, it gives a lot of great information to people in an easily to digest format that is is great when you're at the gym, you're out for a walk around the block, you can just listen to it and, and get some some great ideas on how to grow your business. Definitely. Awesome. Andy, thank you so much for joining us today. If our audience has uh, wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, I mean, check out makeeachclickcount.com. There's uh, links to the books. There's links to the podcast. There's links to the university. Um, and go from there. And it'll uh, you can contact me. You can see some of the stuff, some of the material I put out there, um, some of the resources for you, and, and go from there. Go on over to merged.ca slash podcast, and you'll see all of those links in the show notes for Andy's uh, book as well as his programs. Um, now, Andy, we end each episode with the same question, and that question is this. If you can choose one person, dead or alive, to represent your brand, who would it be and why? Dead or alive to represent my brand? You know, I'm going to take me because I don't know if anybody, I'm, I'm still alive and I don't know if anybody is going to have the passion I have to, to help small businesses. I love it. That's awesome. Only a handful of people have selected themselves, but I can totally uh, get on board with that. Awesome. Well, Andy, thanks again for joining us and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast and it would mean the world to me if you went on over to our podcast platforms to leave us a review. We'd love to hear what you think. If you are or you know somebody who would make for a great guest on the Merged Marketing Podcast, go on over and email podcast at merged.ca. Thanks again, everybody. Don't settle for good. Be great.